Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 2, Episode 15 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. P-Supers, how are you? For the second part of our festive special, I continue the conversation with Joshua French and Johnny Lyne from Bailey and French. If you haven't listened to Part 1, you might want to go back a step and catch up, but equally, feel free to dive in here. More about that in a moment. People Soup is a podcast that takes evidence-based psychology and behavioural science with the aim of making it accessible, fun and useful for people in the workplace and beyond. This is based upon a foundation of contextual behavioural science and other complementary psychological approaches. We aim to make our content interesting for humans, whether you're curious about psychology in the workplace, a psychologist, a therapist, a practitioner or anyone really. It was psychologist Abraham Maslow who said... A first-rate soup is more creative than a second-rate painting. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. More than ever, the world of work is a heady mix of people, behaviour, events and challenges. When the blend is right, it can be first-rate. I believe behavioural science and psychology has a lot to offer in terms of recipes, ingredients and utensils. Welcome to People Soup. I'm going to start with some news and reviews. We've got some reviews in on the first part with Johnny and Joshua. Mike Sinclair said, Thanks for another brilliant episode, Ross. Full of food for thought and actionable takeaways. Exciting to hear about such empowering and hopeful work, gents. Looking forward to part two. I'd also like to thank Louise for a message that really made me stop and feel grateful for the people, you, the P-Supers who listen to this podcast. I always welcome hearing from you all. Sarah on LinkedIn said, Such a good listen. Really interesting and enjoyable. And, as this is the last episode of the year, I'd also like to thank all our guests and listeners. This time last year, I had no idea I'd have started a podcast and have some fabulous listeners and guests. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened and joined in. And I'd like to give a shout-out to all our guests. Our first guest, the fearless Maddie Scott. We had so much to talk about, it was a two-part extravaganza. Then, Paul Flaxman... Shannon Haran, Mike Sinclair, Nick Hooper, Nikki Hemmings, Raphael Dubois, Joshua French, and my pal Johnny Lyne. Gratitude and love to all of you, and of course to our listeners, whether you've listened to one episode or all 31. Blimey, 31 episodes, who knew? And just thinking about psychological capital, Johnny will use this as the basis for his takeaway at the end of this episode. I'm truly grateful for this podcast, and I do feel gratitude and love towards myself for creating this and making it happen. Now there's something I'd never have contemplated thinking or saying a few months ago. One of the many things I've learned from doing this podcast. So, back to this episode. The story continues. We talk about our approach to co-creating training with people in organisations, introduce the pillars of PERMA, and the chaps each share a superb takeaway. For the moment, let's rejoin the conversation with Joshua and Johnny, where we're mulling over the use of PowerPoint and how we make the evidence base accessible to organisations. Well, I love I love the word facilitator. When you think about what it yeah. means, is making things easier for people. Yeah. So not not teaching, but just creating the space for them to mm. to to connect, and then in the long run, it's easier for them. In my work, I very rarely use PowerPoint. And I think people in organisations are kind of bored with it. I do use it occasionally, and that's for yeah, some we practical reasons. Yeah. But, but I think some of the, the most fruitful stuff mm-hmm. 
if you're doing in front of 300 people, you kind of need PowerPoint, I think. But if you've got a smaller group, sometimes it's just nice to have nothing between you as the facilitator and, and uh, the people you're working with. Mm. And I was just reflecting on this before, and I think there's a lot of similarities in your approach and what we do mm. in the kind of not relying on PowerPoint, but also I think what we try to do, that, correct me if I'm wrong, but in terms of making all the evidence-based accessible is that we won't go into a workshop and necessarily go into loads of detail about theories and mm. research. We might embed it into what we're doing and it's kind of behind mm. the scenes and woven in, but it's about making it really translatable and actionable mm. for the people we're working with rather than kind of an overload of like, who's positive psychology mm. and all the research behind and it. And I almost feel like sometimes it's tempting to hide behind that sort of shield of evidence. Like, mm. sh- yeah. For the for the listeners, I'm doing a visual. I'm not sure why, but it's like <laughs> like sort of Wonder Woman. That look at my evidence, and actually, it's having the the courage and the the confidence in your evidence mm. to say, I don't need to explain, give you the references. I can if you want. Yeah. But you don't need to see them. You you. It's building that trust with the mm. people you're working with. Yeah, definitely about that connection. People can. So facilitators can hide behind PowerPoint because mm. you don't have to be so authentically connected to the people in mm. front of you. It also means that the people in the workshop don't really have to take that accountability for mm. genuinely connecting because they can just sit and passively Ooh. take things on board. Mm. Whereas if you really do say, okay, well, here's the space. We're mm. going to learn together. We all have to be involved in this. It kind of puts people on the spot. But mm. after that initial awkwardness, yeah. it... it reaps so many rewards because they've actually been involved in the the learning experience co-created the learning experience I recognise this a week or so ago I had a conversation with Johnny and one of your other colleagues Grace and it was very much oh my gosh this is is like bang on for my approach yeah so there's there's some real alignment there and I think it's I think it's really giving organisations a different experience, that co-creation. Boys, I've got a word to throw at you. Okay. And I'd like you to unpick, talk me through, Mm. explain for our P-Supers. And that word is I used with someone um, this week in my organisation, and she said, you're talking about permafrost. <laughs> and I'm not even sure what permafrost is. I is it a layer of some sort of something? Ooh, I thought it was something like de-icer, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm imagining, and this could be wrong, but I'm imagining it's frost that's always there. It's permanent. So Ooh. part of the world so, where there's always frost. Oh, gosh, I never Maybe. thought that. P2P, you've got yourself a quiz this week. Yeah, if you want to... Tweet, tweet me and say, you idiots, because <laughs> we don't know what sure. permafrost is. <laughs> but the boys aren't going to tell us sketchy knowledge about meteor- meteorological stuff. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> um, but um, perma, perma is what I was getting to. Perma is, well, I'll let you say rather than my wow. candid explanation. Well, perma is actually an acronym, and it very much links to, the, to well-being. So that's another a word you could put into its place. And um, imagine each of those letters, P-E-R-M-A, links to one foundation or one pillar that supports a flourishing life where someone has strong psychological well-being. P stands for positive emotions. 
this massive variety of positive emotions we can experience. So way beyond just happiness and mm. cheerfulness, but wonder, camaraderie, um, satisfaction, all these different emotions, but starting to realize that there are real benefits to experiencing more positive emotions. Um, negative emotions are important as well, and there can be benefits to those, but really starting to understand how we can harness the positive benefits of certain emotions and mitigate the negative impacts of other emotions um, for our strong well-being, but also mm. our cognitive ability, our success, our performance. Apparently we're three times, or we're, we can find three times more solutions to any given problem if we're in a positive state of mind rather than that negative fight or flight cortisol mm. state of mind. So that's positive emotions. That's one pillar of PERMA. Next one is, well, would you like to talk about the next one? Otherwise, maybe we could take sure. bounce we between bounce each between? other. Okay. So you do an E and then I'll do an R and then go like that. Oh, I like that. I, I wish I'd brought letters in. <laughs> so we could take photos of you holding them up. Do you want me to do a bit of like YMCA whilst I'm doing yeah, that? So I'm now doing E. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good E, yeah. So it's quite flexible, John. <laughs> Who knew? E is for engagement. Sorry, that the format that I just said that in was exactly how um, we did our primary school theme song. What do you call it? These like a school the song, school or song. where we spelled out the name of the school. So that was suddenly a massive throwback moment of a, no. almost fourteen years, just taking me back there. Ooh. So <laughs> ease for engagement. The power of memory, supers, and how it can hook us away for another time. <laughs> so I'll I'll backtrack a bit. Um, e for engagement, and it's not necessarily like employee engagement. What we're really talking about here is like absorption in a moment and f the idea of flow, which um, very much comes from the research of Cheek Sent Me High that Joshua spoke about earlier. And it's really about those moments where we are at one with the music and time just passes us by because we're so absorbed in what we're doing, but also in a sort of energising way and we really get stuck into what we're doing yeah um some of the research behind that has found that when we're in flow it can turn off the part of our brain that processes anxiety mm. so as well as just as well as the proactive amazing experience that we're in it can also really have preventative preventative um effects on our well-being yeah, yeah. and links to our, our peak performance as well links to our unique strengths mm. um so shall I talk about R? So yes, R stands for relationships. And this is very much not just about having best friends at work, which um, has been shown to mm. be very beneficial, but also those high quality connections with uh, long-term uh, colleagues we know very well, sorry, mm. or just people we pass on the corridor every um, now and again, just high quality connections with them, which have been shown to be massively beneficial for organizations' resilience and agility and people, individual well-being as well. And Jane Dutton is a good researcher for people to um, have a look on um, on internet search engines um, about um, to do look up Jane Dutton and this is really about the practical and the emotional support that we can offer each other on a day-to-day -day basis and that's um, the importance of relationships. I'm going to go for a bit of an M now. Um, so the M is for meaning uh, which is about feeling like we're part of something bigger than ourselves 
And it's really about that purpose and meaning piece. And it can be your personal meaning. It can be the me- how you connect to the meaning of your organisation or in life. Um, and a big researcher we look at is Amy Rosanewski, who looks at um, different mindsets that we can have about the jobs we're in. And that some people might have a job mindset, which is really about getting the job done. Um, some people can have a career mindset, which is about seeing that the role you're in as kind of a step on a ladder to where you want to go. And some people might have a calling mindset, which is how the work they're doing really aligns with their authentic selves and their personal meaning and really feeling like that's their calling in life. Yeah. And I'll do the A, so accomplishments. Um, so the final pillar of PERMA, I'm making an A now. I didn't do the other letters. I can, I'm doing I can vouch for the A. <laughs> Um, so this is about, and if we all reflect P-Supers, um, about the last day at work, did we think more about what we had achieved that day or were we more focused on the stuff on our to-do list that we hadn't got done? Mm-hmm. And this is about realising that, that it's so important for us to have that sense that we are every day accomplishing something that's important, something in our valued direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Um, researcher that we often refer to around this is Carol Dweck and um, parents who are listening will be very aware of growth mindset and organisations are increasingly talking about growth mindset and how we can have that incremental um, um, learning and development Mm. day by day, um, learning from our mistakes and as a whole organisation really ensuring that we are not fixed but we are being agile and constantly iteratively getting better and better. Um, so another important part of our well-being. And that's it. That's the that's the overview of the, the five pillars of PERMA. Mm. So... Five in, pillars of PERMA. Yeah, and... The new Bailey's <laughs> a Bailey and French feature film. Well, well, and in fact, it's um, not something we devised at all. It's, um, it's Martin Seligman, known as the father of positive psychology, and um, him and his team. It's, um, it's their model of well-being um, that we, we use very much in, in our workshops mm. um, to help and people just have conversations about them and a nice um, n- a natural organic output is that not only does it help well-being it also really helps people in their resilience mm. teams and organisations and individuals um, it is something that is a, a you can see it's a positive way of giving resilience mm. training mm. by helping people take action to strengthen each of these pillars I think it might be useful here to put sort of why we use that and how that informs the positive psychology and the well-being stuff that we do. And I think if we think about what organisations do around well-being, we often see that there's a lot of great work happening in the reactive space Mm. of sort of what do you do when people are suffering and how do you get people from sort of minus 10 to zero. And those are really important interventions that organisations need to keep doing. But we look at this perma model of well-being of like, how do we help people flourish and how do we take people from zero to plus ten? And by taking this approach, rather than helping people in suffering, we can take this approach with everyone mm. to foster a really positive environment and boost people's well-being across the whole organisation. And it really fits in with the, the other interventions which are so important, such as employee assistance programmes, mental health first aid training, mm. um, referrals. So it's so important to be able to, for an organisation to have those signposting um, and um, features for people who are suffering, but also just to make sure that aligned with that, we have something for everyone. Mm. So it's um, you know a, a holistic way of looking at people's well-being. 
I've got some, some feedback for you boys, actually. Ooh. Because I used to work in HR in government. Uh-huh. And I now work... I'm back in government, but as an interim, as a psychologist. And I'm hearing very good things about your workshops. Ooh. I know a fair few HR directors in different departments, and they're all talking about their mats and these <laughs> conversations. And so hats off to you for, for first of all, getting in to the civil service, because on behalf of my people, although they're not really my people anymore, we need you. It's, it's, a, it's a very complex and fast-moving place to be at the moment, mm. and I think conversations like this, really based on evidence, is a really valuable thing for, for our leaders to have, and then mm. hoping they, they cascade it down their organisations. I know you're reaching the top levels of each department, so that's great. Mm. It might be, um, we can't see them because this is a podcast, but it might mm. be interesting for us just to try and paint a, a visual picture of what the mats look like because they're, um, they're, they're interesting. People hear about these mats and it's, yeah. uh, what is it, how does that work having a mat? And I mean, we mentioned earlier about the platforms for people to have a conversation. Mm. So a great way to do it is instead of eyeballing each other, you get a team around uh, a board game type of Mm. situation so it's like a big poster A1 so it's massive and um, everyone just dives in and writes on it and it actually walks people through with our well-being mats mm. at least it walks people through the five pillars mm. of the PERMA model yeah. asking people to um, give a quick score for how they feel around certain statements for mm. their organisation for these um, pillars of PERMA mm. and then also getting guiding them with some particularly uh, positively phrased mm. and solutions focused questions yeah to start to get them to explore and unpick these topics and what they mean to them. Mm. Um, so that by the end of the conversation around this type of board game, they've really got a better understanding of what each of these elements mean mm. to them. But they've also started to take accountability for the fact that we could all take little actions that will impact our well-being culture positively mm. so that's um that, that's how it works you, you work all the way around it and by the end of it you've come up with some actions mm. and some accountability but people really tend to enjoy it mm. um so that's hopefully painting yeah. the picture a little bit of this what a mat is it's like mm. a board game well my friend jackie who's an hrd in the department she was distraught because she'd put she'd done your workshop she'd put her mat carefully rolled up in the corner of her office and the cleaners had thrown oh, it out. No. She, was, she was beside herself that she'd oh, lost oh, her mat. So. A lot of work would have gone into that from her. Yeah, Lots of conversation and writing down. And... Was, it, yeah, was it one that had been used? Yeah. 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 Okay. But I believe they are available on your website, which I will put a link to yeah. on the show notes for this. So she can always fork out for another one. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, if we were in the workshop, um, then we would, I'm sure, have some record of the kind of things that were discussed. So do get in touch with us if you want to chat any more yeah. about that. Yeah. And, and seriously, the, the link to, to the Bailey and French website, it does contain more information about the services you offer, the, the types of workshops, and a bit about your background. So... Definitely, it's well worth a visit. Yeah, and we and we love to talk. So if you um, if you do have a look at the the website and you like to find out a little bit more about any of it, then just give mm. us a call. We'd love to have a chat. It'd be great. Brilliant. So, 
Johnny will be aware of this. You you may be aware of this as a as a as a pea super. Mm, I am not. But I'd like my guests to offer the pea super as a takeaway. So something that we can take away, we can have a go at. And this is this is over Christmas. So Christmas and New Year. So do, whilst we're sitting there in that overeating over everything stupor is there anything we can have a go at I mean, maybe we start with you Joshua sure so um, this is about meaning and about purpose mm. so one of the elements uh, or the pillars of PERMA um, Johnny mentioned earlier Brzezniewski and her research into the idea of a calling mindset mm. so how we can see our work as something that's very um, deeply aligned with with what's important to us mm. so the takeaway is really simple write down in one sentence what you would say the purpose of your role is and it just have, has to have these stipulations these ingredients mm. it needs to be succinct it needs to feel really motivating for us it needs to feel accurate and, uh, and I think that's actually the three main ones. Mm. So my example, because um, I, I have evolved this over times, but at the moment, mine is, my purpose statement is lighting up the path to a brighter future. Mm. That aligns to all my strengths around positivity, um, but also sharing ideas um, and, and communicating with others and a sense of doing something significant mm. in the world. Um, it aligns with all of that. And that's what drives me to get out of bed in the mm. morning. Um, not all the, the minutiae of the day-to-day -day tasks, but because I want to help light up the path to a brighter future. So to me having that on a post-it stuck on my computer screen mm. if I'm feeling um, a, a lull in motivation that's something for me to come back to so it's a real recommended thing is to write down in one sentence what your role purpose is and keep reminding yourself of it regularly mm. I don't know if any, any of us would like to share yeah, what, what's important to, to us in terms of our one sentence so for my one sentence it would be um, helping people in ways that are relevant to them because a big personal a purpose of mine is not to help people in the way that I want to and not mm. to do training and give them the information I want to give to people it's really about asking people what they need what they're interested in and how I can help them and being able to provide that nice and I I see that shining out of your approach thank you very much Johnny. Um, mine is making behavioural science accessible, practical, useful and fun to transform the workplace experience. Which is why this is such a wonderful podcast that you've created, because it aligns with that. It really does. It's a great manifestation of that. Of that. Thank you. Intrinsically Thank you motivating Joshua. statement. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. But that's what it's about. It's about tapping into those intrinsic motivations. So just to recap, the action is really simple. Just write one sentence that um, sums up the purpose of your role in a really motivating way and then find somewhere to stick it so that you are regularly reminded mm -hmm. of it. And peace supers, if you'd like to share them with us on social media or via email or carrier pigeon, please do <laughs> send them in. We'd love to, to share them with, with people. Fab. So that's my action. Johnny, do you have a takeaway for I've us? I've got a takeaway based Thank on you. the psychological capital stuff I was saying earlier. Mm. So this is for a little burst of psychat, Ooh. a little 
shot to help you increase your side cap over the festive period. Sounds good. Um, and that's to think about something that you are grateful for. Maybe write it down. Mm-hmm. Then to think about why you're grateful for that and what it is about that that you're grateful for. Maybe write that down. Mm-hmm. To think about what you then did to make that happen, to foster that situation. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, to think, what could you do in the future that would have a similar impact or be a similar situation? So it's really about what are you grateful for? Why? What did you do? And what could you do in the future? Beautiful. Scribble that down. That. Do a note on your phone. I will, I will make sure those questions go on the show notes as well so everyone can, can have a go at this in the lull between... Episodes of Pointless or something. <laughs> In fact, stop watching Pointless and listen to us instead. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Um, boys, I think we're done. I think we're in the bag. We're in the festive bag. Um, In the stocking. Oh! I wish I'd said stocking. <laughs> but I'm going to let that go because it was your moment <laughs> yeah. for that. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Well, I, want, I want to do another one now. Yeah. Well, this is great you're, you're, always, you're always very welcome, Joshua. Now, now I can use your um, Bailey and French Media Studio, um, ideally suited to all recording experiences. Oh, yeah. And chaps, I wish you all a great festive season, whatever, whatever it may hold for you, and have a good relax. Mm-hmm. Um, try out your own exercises. Will do. And... Um, I look forward to seeing you in 2019. Likewise. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas Pea Super. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Pea Supers, hope you enjoyed part two with these two brilliant fellas. I love these takeaways. Let us know if you have a go and if you're willing to share your purpose. I've recapped on the key ingredients over on the show notes at rossmackintosh.co.uk. And if you have a go at Johnny's takeaway, I'd love to hear what insights it gave you. I've become a bit fascinated since I heard Johnny talking more about psychological capital in his guest lecture at City Uni a few weeks ago. So do let us know what you think. As ever, you can get in touch via email at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Instagram, you can find us at people.soup. On Twitter, you can find us at peoplesouppod. Whatever platform you listen on, I'd love it if you could download, rate and review us. Particularly on Apple Podcasts, as that's the one that gets us more kudos and helps other people find us. I thank you all again for listening. I thank Andy Glenn for his spoon magic. And I wish you all a peaceful end to the year, hopefully with some relaxation. Thanks again so much for your support in 2018. And I look forward to more connections, conversations and fun in 2019. Take care and bye for now. You're talking about permafrost. <laughs> and I'm not even sure what permafrost is. Is it a sure. layer of some sort of something? Oh, I thought it was something like de-icer, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm imagining, and this could be wrong, but I'm imagining it's frost that's always there. It's permanent. So oh, part of the world so, where there's always frost.